Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue. We're a Dallas rewatch podcast where we rewatch and review every single episode of Dallas one at a time, which is a lot of episodes. Uh, we are currently in the sixth season. We have over 100 episodes. Um, and my name is Mary. I am Josh. Happy holidays, everybody, while we're out there. And I'm Melanie. And you guys are <laughs> so festive tonight. And I'm just sitting here in my like red plaid pajamas. Well, it's but red you're and green, red. right? So it's a little festive. This is red and I think it's actually blue with green around the squares. But it was just the most say Christmas-y. it's green. Just say okay, it's, it's green. green. Yes. <laughs> you wore them on goes, purpose because it's I, Christmas. I thought Christmas. they looked Christmassy. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Sarah is out getting our holiday gifts uh, right now. Yes. And so Mel, three cam- three cups of candy corn. Stir in a cup and a half of creamy peanut butter. That mixes together. And then you spread it out in a pan or like a glass, like casserole thing. Put it in the fridge. Take it out after it's cold. Cut squares and then dip that into melting, like melted chocolate. And then put it back in to harden up. That sounds delicious. Yes. It's a good way to use the leftover candy corns, too. <laughs> yes. Because yes, I, I will go in now, instead of buying one four-pound bag for the season, I buy two, so I have leftovers for Christmas time. And then at the end of the season, you can get them for like a quarter apiece because there's so many leftover. Right. And if there's more leftovers, my sister's mother-in-law likes stale candy corns. I, I mean, I like stale peeps, so I can't throw stones. I like like when they're really hard. Like I will leave peeps open for like six months, but, and then just I can't eat them. Think of peeps anyway. Um, ever since a uh, friend of the family, her ex boyfriend, said that they used marshmallow peeps in hazing rituals at college fraternities. It would be the marshmallow peep race. You had to pick it up with your butt cheeks, run it across, drop it. Someone else had to pick it up with their butt cheeks, run it back, and then you had a relay race with the with the marshmallow peeps using your butt cheeks. I feel like you have to be some good butt muscles to do that. I know. Honestly, like you got to be doing some like serious work with, I don't think I could do it. As long as at least the losing team doesn't have to eat the marshmallows at the end. But I I honestly had that question in my head, but I wasn't going to, because you never know with like fraternities, (laughs) you know, you never know. Right. Like they took my father at Boston university. They take them and they blindfold each pledge. Huh? And they drive them out in the in the night to some random location. They have to find their way back to the fraternity house by sunrise. Without that, all that shit's illegal now. <laughs> yes, but well, my, well, my father, being the person that he was, he uh-huh. hid a back then it was a dime to make a phone call. He hid a dime in his mouth in, in his cheek in his mouth until he got dropped off. God knows where. Tried to start to find his way back and then called his friend uh, somewhere and from a payphone and had him pick him up and then drop him a block from the fraternity house uh, before sunrise. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, a quick thank you to our Patreon members, as always. Brendan Phillick, Captain America, Amy Hara, Marie Johnson, Michael Jung, Jason Carter, Jennifer and Delicato, Laura Bernheim, Brad Mulholland, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano, our favorite people in the universe. 
Thank you so much. Um, also, I have. They sent- keep us lubricated here with the. They definitely do. Cheers. Cheers. Um, I have sent you all holiday cards because I'm not going to presume the celebration that you're doing this season. So holiday cards. Um, And uh, to all but one of you, because one of you, and you know who you are, has not given me your address. So if that's you, I'm not going to name names. Send me your address. I've sent you messages. Because I want to give you stuff. If you look up Santa Elevator Natick, we're on TikTok. And uh, the video that I'm in is has about four and a half million views already. Hey, so, yo. Yeah, I yeah, need TikTok an agent star. I need an agent. Um, and if you're at all interested in our joining our Patreon, uh, if you have an extra couple bucks a month that you're like, wow, this is burning a hole in my pocket. We try to make it worth your while as much as we possibly can. We have, I think, over a hundred things on our Patreon at this point. We have our outtakes from the show, which are sometimes funny and sometimes in a way more inappropriate than I feel comfortable posting out into the wild. And you know, you never know. We have uh, the video versions of some of our celebrity interviews that we've done. We have an archive of just like fun cast adjacent videos like we have that I've mostly found on other places like modeling what it takes with Shalane McCall and uh, music <laughs> videos from Charlene Tilton and our reading of the most inappropriate book. Yes. We, we have a book club where we've been reading the most inappropriate, terrible, terrible book, terrible Dallas book. by Lee Raintree. And, and I, we, we've taken a break from it because it's just like you guys. They they use the N-word. They're descriptive I, on rape. Yeah, it's one not trigger, great. The, the book is one trigger warning after another, quite honestly. And I, it really I, is. I, I, I apologize each time that I read a chapter and I, I say I don't like these words, but I am getting into character, so don't judge me because I don't want to break the experience of being in and character. I just don't say it because it's not my place. How many times, Mary, have you posted recordings of me going, you know what? I can't finish this. I can't finish oh, this sentence. Like <laughs> almost every chapter, Melanie, you just stop. And you're like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. I'm no. Mm-hmm. This is a description it. of rape. No. That's why I, uh, that's why I, I, I put that I mean, warning yeah. up ahead of yeah. each reading and say, I am, I am going into character and going yeah. verbatim from the book. And I do not support these words. I feel like this, this is not selling our Patreon. <laughs> we're like, stay away. Um, but that was a thing we were trying. There's other Dallas folks, but I think that maybe we should switch gears or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the movie, and script. Have, like, the movie script, the movie script. I know that's a thing we could totally do. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. so, and also like the first few seasons I was like putting the notes that I took on there and I don't know if anybody act, I, I stopped doing that because I don't think anyone was looking at them, but if you think they're funny and you're looking at them and you want them, send me a message and I'll put them on there because otherwise like whatever. And um, I, I apologize for not po- uh, sending mine to post because I don't want to punish anybody by having to read my chicken scratch it Mm. is the worst chicken scratch around and i was told in school that if i did not type they would not graduate me wow i don't want to torture anybody that way well there we go and if you like us 
which we hope you do. If you're like, I don't have five bucks, you know, another thing you could do is you could go on Apple Podcasts and leave us five star review and then just write a little note because right at this point, we're trying to just get us out there. There's a lot of people that met, that they find us and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just found you. And uh, like, I wish I'd known about this sooner. And like, I wish you would have too. We're trying to get the message out. So um, if the more that you review it, the more people will see it. And, you know, algorithms. If you've already done it, thank you. You rock. So anyway, that's something you could do to help us if you feel like it. If you don't, that's fine too. Much obliged. Yes, yes. Our Dallas cast members have jumped to 15 because we've added Tracy Scoggins, who played Diane Kelly oh. in one episode of the 83-84 season. Okay. And also, she played Anita Smithfield, Harv Smithfield's daughter in the two reunion movies. Oh. Niece. Yeah, daughter, niece, niece. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was looking at something uh, about... Uh, someone's daughter and I said daughter, but niece. Yes. Niece. <laughs> that should teach me to multitask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Say your awesome. words and not say what you're reading at the time. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard thing sometimes. <laughs> that's March 1st and 2nd. So get your reservations, get out there. Mm-hmm. We are hoping to get out there. Cause I know. Hoping. Yeah. If you're going, let us know. We'd love it. Like, I don't know how many of us can get out there, but um, I'm sure we'd love to put together some sort of like get together. Let's get a good representation because yeah. it's an interesting mix of cast yes. members that are out there that some, we, some that don't even these. Jenna Lee Harrison, Lee Taylor Young, Jack yeah. Scalia. Um, it's uh, and you have Armory Katz and Josh Henderson with Linda Gray at the same time. They need like a joint picture. I want yes. a Linda Gray and Jack Scalia together. I would totally get in that picture. Yes. Oh, my God. So let's get a contingent out there, people. I know some of our listeners are already booked to go out there. Yeah. And if you want to go, like, we'll do it. We'll make it a big Dallas party in L.A. That'd be super fun. Since it is our fifth anniversary coming up. It is our fifth anniversary in hashtag, April? Hashtag April. Ewing BBQ5. Which is insane. But I feel like those pandemic years are just, they, they're they like not real years, kind of. <laughs> so, But it's all we had to do with, with ourselves. Yeah, it's the honestly, only social interaction we had. It was that and me taking a German class. <laughs> and, baking was, bread, baking and, bread. and baking bread. Baking bread. And uh, sewing masks. I was oh. just sewing masks and watching Tiger King. You know. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Dallas. <laughs> There's a lot of people who did rewatch it during the pandemic. I wish I had, but I, there I was, didn't. There was an article on its uh, resurgence uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I wish they had the HD version out during the pandemic. I feel like that would have hooked more people. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that there were reports that it was all coming out on Blu-ray during 2023, and that has not happened. I don't know what the holdup is. Yeah, so. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, birthdays, there really is nothing to report, although I did I was remiss in not reporting. December 17th, our South Fork Sally, Sally Peavy, who has since retired after yeah. 20, 30 years at, at South Fork. She celebrated her birthday on December 17th. Uh, Sally Peavy, She's now Sally Hammonds because she has remarried. 
Emma Bell celebrated her 37th birthday, who played Emma Ryland in the new series. Yeah. So that, that's all I have to say. Awesome. That's all my right. story. I'm sticking to it. Well, tonight we are talking about season six, episode 21, episode 124 of the series, Caribbean Connection. You are the most Human being. This deal could win me Ewing oil, Holly. If I lose it because you won't sign, I'll make sure you lose far more. Didn't you want me to tell you if JR was shipping any more oil out of the country? Is he? A million barrels worth. If he's doing what we talked about once before, you better hang up fast, Bobby, and stop JR cold. If JR is selling to an embargo country and our government finds out about it and we don't stop him, that's the end of Ewing oil. It was written by Will Lauren. Again, the last episode was as well. Uh, directed by Patrick Duffy. And I feel like Larry Hagman and Patrick Duffy, they just, they're like... Doing ping pong? Like, uh, alternate weeks. Ping pong directing at this point. Um, and it aired March 4th, 1983. Which is a sentence. March 4th. March 4th. Yes. And we are marching forth... 100% into the 80s this week as the number one song in the U.S. is Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Yes. Hell yeah. little and story about Billie Jean, though, is where did he get the riff? Not his lover? No. Where did he get the riff for that song? Hall of Notes, I can't go for that. No can do. He yeah. heard that and he asked if he could uh, yeah. sample it in a little bit. And I'd say it was uh, worked out I for him I didn't know that. Well. That's cool. Yeah, it went I a little well for Yeah, I never thought about that. In the UK, it was uh, also very 80s. I mean, obviously, because it's 83. But Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, which is a song that I don't think I've ever karaoke but I feel like I should. Turn around, bright eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the number one film in the US uh, is still Tootsie. And top news story from this day in 1983, Ugh, also a very 80s, um, the U.S. Public Health Service publishes its first guidelines for blood donors and AIDS, yeah. uh, including recommendations to avoid sexual contact with persons known or suspected of having AIDS and um, the increased probability of developing AIDS by having multiple sex partners. Of course, at, 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 at this point, it doesn't do this, but eventually this leads to um, a ban on men who sleep with other men donating blood at all. Until 2015 is the first what? year that they reversed that. And it was and it was only like if you haven't had sex with another man in a specific amount of time. And that was only overturned this past year, 2023. Whoa. So, That's a long time. It is. See, and, it and the flawed thing about that is they really needed to be testing everybody. Uh, yes, 100%. But, you know, that was the thing. Like, nobody cared because it was, you know, they, the preconception was it was just a gay men's disease. And so it was allowed and to just go. I, I don't Even think it was Even in the a, early 80s, what was the percentage of gay men who were still closeted and still having sex with women, but also having sex with men? Oh, right. Yeah. Or uh, not even closeted, just buy, you know, or yeah, whatever. Too. Anyway, yeah. uh, the other big news story was that uh, Bertha Wilson is appointed 
the first woman to sit on the Supreme Court of Canada. Hmm. I'm sorry. Every time I hear the name Bertha, I think like Big Bertha in prison. Yeah, I Bertha just, is uh, not a great name. I don't know. <laughs> that would not be my favorite. Bertha. 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 Uh, okay. Bertha. And on Dallas. Nothing to report except this episode fell from two to four in the ratings. So we went one, two, four. Okay. I can see why I think 60 Minutes was, finished the season number one. Was but March Madness a thing minutes. back then? Oh, oh pro- maybe. That makes sense. Yeah, Mar- but, I, call, I call it March Madness because I get mad because, my, because Dallas wasn't on. And it was always – yeah, no, Dallas wouldn't have been on because um, CBS was always broadcasting the March Madness. And Dallas okay. The CBS. basketball. Mm-hmm. College, sports, college sports ball. Well, I only know it's basketball because my husband really likes basketball. Okay. Anyway, so we open on Ewing Oil Building Night, where we have I a dramatic pan up in the dark, imposing. And we hear a voiceover, JR saying, one million barrels. <laughs> yeah. And I just, my first thought when I was watching this and listening to him, you know, do math, I, I had Beavis and Butthead, man, great numbers. Oh, 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 uh, uh, yeah, uh, math sucks. Uh, <laughs> math does. I, I think this is a continuation of the previous thing because it ended right. with them totally. in the office. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Walt has probably gone out to where the secretary is sitting. Yeah, he literally walked out the door and now we're cutting back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah. that would be a twenty three million dollar profit for JR at forty dollars a barrel. But you Not notice too shabby. No. No. And basically would. Walt Driscoll is like, JR, my life sucks, but money helps. His, right. He lost his <laughs> wife and his job uh, his job, we learned. Yeah, he's basically like, I lost I'm, everything. Cause JR's being like you better not mess this up. And he's like, literally, I have nothing else in my life. There's I lost my wife. I lost left my job. To lose. What was her oh, name? It. Carol, fuck wasn't it. it? Carol? Carol, yeah. Fuck it. We ball. Sign yeah. me up. More dust. I'm I'm all in. Yep. Yep. Um <laughs> this 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 deal will get me back on track. Yeah. Get it back together with Carol. And and we're like, oh well, okay. Yeah, um, because you're, no, you're you're sucking up no. some dirty Cuban money. You, um, you, you did bad. She's not coming back. And so he's like, I can trust you. Right. And then JR's like, yeah, everything's going to go fine as long as you don't screw up. And he's like, ah, okay. And he's just got one, JR's got one little detail to take care of, but it should be right. fine. And Carol's <laughs> probably, probably uh, having an affair, uh, hooking up with her hairdresser at this point. Cause she goes for the hairdresser all the time. Yeah. Remember when, uh, the, they they busted her for the driving uh, thing to get to Walt. Oh shit! I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Nice callback. Yeah, driving. I totally forgot about that. So she's probably uh, getting nice and cozy with her hairdresser yeah, at this probably. point. Probably. I mean, hmm. is it Mr. David? Oh, maybe Mr. Omri David. Omri was Omri was a hairdresser at one point. A brief period. It's true. Yes, that's actually where he met his girlfriend. Um, and then we cut to the Fairview Hotel where Catherine is playing with Christopher. Does this when, exterior look an awful lot like uh, ones that we see in later seasons? Mm-hmm. I, I thought it looked like something, and I couldn't place it. Like April's apartment or something like that? Oh, uh, it, it very well could be. Yeah, Stock footage. Yeah. Stock They're footage. like, we already own this. We're just going to reuse it. No one's going to remember. It'll be and fun. we're not talking about Barbara Stock, who played Liz Adams. 
Uh, true, true. Yes. Um, so uh, the phone rings and it's And he'd like to talk to Pam. What are you are you jingling? Are you jingling your bells? Jingling his bells from Pornstash. <laughs> it's, it's the jingle balls. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, no further questions. <sighs> hey, it's the holidays. I'm just uh, Christmas up everything here. Josh is full of cheer. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheer with my brunch in a jar. Whoa. Yeah. Did I mention that these pajamas are Victoria's Secret? I keep like sitting uh-uh. here going, no, nope, nope, stay. And then I'm like, oh God, there's no button up here. It's Victoria Principal's Secret. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. It's, a, it's yes. Principal's Secret. That's right. Yes. yes. I'm sure Prince Albert wanted the, oh, oh, Victoria, you will have a. You will have a line of secret things, and I'll have a concert hall and a steel boat through the cock. And a basketball. nice piercing. Because yes. you know what a Prince Albert That's piercing the, is, don't the you? Steel, he just said the steel boat through the cock. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so, uh, and I have no idea what having one of those is like, but I also cannot imagine the initial pain. Ow. Right. Like... I, okay. <laughs> I know I know more than one lady who had their clitoris pierced, and that just seems like a big mm. no for me. Uh-uh. I, I, I I know you don't puncture things with. I mean, you don't puncture it with things. You don't. You I oh know, my god, no! I know, I know someone that when they were a teenager, they had their best friend and them gave each other Prince Alberts. Wow. That means you have to like trust the other person to that like That means you're friends for life. Yeah, you have to trust life. the other person to grab that in their hand and jam up. Never mind. And then the other person after it was done was like, "Okay, I guess your turn. You're next." Ah, man. I would say they're brave. Holy shit. No. Um anyway, so Pam Pam is out shopping. <laughs> so Which, she can't get on the phone. Which seems to be a stereotypical, cliched thing that women do on this show. They're out shopping. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, but Catherine's like, hey, can I uh, talk to you about something, but like in person? Hmm. He's kind of like, uh, okay. Um, Meet me at the athletic club. Uh, yeah, the- Southern Athletic on first. Uh, I... I am playing racquetball tomorrow. Meet me in around my, noon. In my short shorts. Of course, shorty short shorts for a porn stash. Porn stash. <laughs> We're um, going to have fun with this over the next several seasons. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, so we got to Bobby walking down the street with his briefcase and a fresh blowout. And um, oh. he, and he runs, runs into a- Afton. Often. He was probably at Carol's hairdressers. Probably, because that is a fresh blowout if I have ever seen one. He has the puffy hair going in this episode. Big time uh-huh. puff. Afton starts talking and Pam gets brought up and Bobby's like, oh yeah, Pam's just wonderful when she's doing nice things for other people. Well, well, something like that. He's snarky. Bobby's He's so, a little bitch. Snarky and snippy. He's being yeah, a total bitch. Yeah. 
she literally says, because she shows him her new bracelet, and he's like, oh, Cliff actually bought you something? And she's like, well, no, actually, I bought it myself. He was too busy buying Chinese food. Which, the correct response for that, Bobby, is, okay, go girl. But he didn't say that. No, No. he's just being a little bitch. And she is finally like, you know, Bobby, I'm... I'm really like it's almost like she recognizes that he's hurting and he's angry and it's not personal because it's she's like, and she recognizes she has emotional yeah. intelligence. She's like, I'm really sorry about you and Pam, and then just kind of like leaves it. Right. And he's like, mm-hmm. like yeah, suck it up, jackass. He's like Eeyore. And she does. She was like trying to like talk about how well Cliff is doing, thinking maybe that you know we'll talk about something positive. And so she's like, you know. He's just, uh, he, uh, Pam has done so many good things by bringing him that deal from Trump. Mark Grayson. Stash. And then Bobby's immediately super bitter. And he is just like, huh, meh. Pam can be really nice to some people. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, you're a little bitch. He is a little bitch. And also, it seems like it's a little chilly here in March in Dallas because Afton is wearing a sweater. Yeah, but. That doesn't mean a lot because uh, the number of people on the show that walk around with furs at God knows what time of year. So yeah, I guess. But everyone, everyone's wearing sweaters and jackets this whole episode. That really stood out to me. So well, I mean, but it they was weren't March, even, but I bet it was filmed in January, they, I mean, or it was outside. They were not filmed uh, in Dallas at this point. They were already back in LA. Okay. Maybe it was a cold LA January, January, whatever. Yeah, a brown a brown LA haze. Maybe. Because then we cut to Donna, and she is also wearing a sweater, a nice 80s sweater. Talk, talking on the phone with Henry from the commission. And Mickey comes in wearing, like, a big coat. So, yeah. And his hair. He's done something with his hair. It's a little... I feel like it's a little longer. Yes. His hair. He's growing yeah. it out. Yeah, he's growing it out a little bit. And per usual, she's really unhappy to see him. She immediately ends that phone call because she needs to deal with, make sure he he doesn't steal any of the uh, silverware or something. Right, exactly. And she's like, yeah, well, Ray's not here. Okay, bye. And he's like, well, okay, weird, because I actually have plans with him and I'm supposed to meet him here. And she's like, oh, well, I guess you can make yourself a cup of coffee. I'm not going to make it for you because I think you're a cocky little snot-nosed kid. Right, like she's just not very nice. Uh, And Mikey's just like, all right, cool. So he makes himself some coffee and like he's trying to make small talk. And like so then he I feel like he's trying to be kind of just funny when he's like, oh, it's surprising that you guys live in such a and he's he doesn't say it this harshly, but he's basically like this uh, low class piece of shit house (laughs) compared to a dog house that he built. (laughs) Right. And yeah, Donna, I don't blame her for getting pissed because he's yeah. just, I said, he's just being a dick now for what reason? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's not trying to be, well, maybe he's actually trying to match her energy. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Match her energy, definitely, because I think he senses the hostility and he's like, what's, what's oh, your yeah. real problem? Like, what's, what stick what's this is up about? her ass is basically. Yeah. What's this basically. about? And she's yeah. like, she doesn't want Ray to get hurt. She's like, you're going to let him down. He thinks the world of you and you're going to fuck it up and he's going to be 
bummed because you are going to just totally let him down. And he's like, I'm not going like you can see he gets really serious and he kind of like gets teary eyed. He's like, I will do the to the best of my ability, not let him down because he means a lot to me. And then she's like, believe it or not, he's trying to improve himself, he says. Right. And she's like, "Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. Mm-hmm. But right now, you kind of seem like a piece of shit to me. So, <laughs> and are, are you no into offense. Lucy? Yeah, money no, means suck. a lot. Money <laughs> means a lot to you. Are you into Lucy for her money? Oh, right. And he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? No, not at all." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Okay." And then Ray comes in. I'm into her for her snatch. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Ray comes yeah. in. Ray comes in and like right is kind of honestly a dumb cowboy in this scene because he it's like so awkward and tense and Ray does not notice one thing. He's just like, oh hey guys, how you doing? What's up? We ready to go? I'm a dumb cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have that on a loop. I'm a dumb cowboy. I'm, I'm such a dumb cowboy. All right. All right, Ray. Goodness. Oh, right. <laughs> right. And then we cut to hardwood oil. JR calls and wants to see Holly. Yeah, Holly's like, what do I have to rearrange? And he's like, I don't know, but do something. And you need to meet me. And okay, what is it with Madison's at 1230? 1230. I don't know. It's a thing, though. It's the witching hour. I feel like we need a T-shirt. Madison's 1230. Good idea. Yes. And I'm surprised do. they don't run into other people there because everything right. takes place at 1230. Madison's at 1230. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. time. Cliff could be meeting Afton at Madison's at 1230. Yeah. And back when Rebecca was alive, she could have been there too. Maybe she's still there. Maybe that's where Rebecca's ghost is. <laughs> we don't know. That's the special Halloween episode. Unaired. Yeah. Dallas meets the X Files. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing! Holy shit! Blu-da-da, Sign blu-da-da, up for that newsletter. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Combine oh my god. those Someone two make songs that theme song for me. <laughs> and then we Max. got to South Fork. Twelve thirty. And um, so we're, uh, we are starting a new thing on this podcast. I don't know if you guys have yours this week yet or not. Where we're gonna have. The we each have our own individual like look of the episode, and it can be oh, whatever we want it to I was, be. I was waiting till next. Oh uh, no, that's fine. Holidays, that's fine. I just had strong opinions, so I'm just explaining it right now. Like the look is going to be like a look that is either like so amazing that you're going to nominate it because you love it, so awful that you're like that's worst thing ever. It's just going to be like a standout look. And, and from, what what was what was Tyler Banks wearing this time? No. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, come on. Um, but mine my look for this episode. I'm nominating Sue Ellen in this scene. She's in the kitchen with Ellie and John Ross, and she is wearing culottes. Is that those palazzo is, pants that are cut off at like it the is knees? a skirt? Slash pants. I yes. don't like. Yeah, those are culottes. I don't. And, I, um, I do not, we do not stand. It sounds like no. a cross between Kool-Aid and kumquat. That, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the pattern on these culottes are pink 
and it's either like a purple or gray or a purplish gray or a grayish purple that looks like a goddamn striped circus tent fabric. So it was gray on made, gray. Made it's pink and gray. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it's pink and gray. Um, it's it's like it's a, it's a grayish purple, purple gray. So it's pink and that color, but it's so, like striped uh, vertically, like a goddamn circus tent culottes, and it is just like since it's it was the Lin- since, it, since it was Linda Gray, it was gray on gray. Oh shit! Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, but anyway. I went there. I went there. So they start talking yeah. about. They start talking about Bobby and Pam and how it's a shame. And Swellen says, you know, they're like the perfect couple. And Miss Ellie, Miss Ellie, shots fired by Miss Ellie. <laughs> She's Hell like, yeah. well, actually, honestly, Swellen, I thought if anybody was going to have problems, it'd be you and JR. I know. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, Miss Ellie. You went That's there. Like, you Ooh. said the quiet part out loud. God. <laughs> and Swellen is like, you know, she, she doesn't, she doesn't get all like, Miss Ellie, you know, or anything like that. She's just kind of like, well, I've been working on my marriage. We and made so a serious, she's we made a serious commitment. By that honesty. And then she's just like, okay, well, yeah, well, we're going to do better this time. I think we, we made like, a serious do, commitment on our honeymoon. Like right. I when I was do little, I used to make sure think, we don't break up. Or was it when I was little, I used to think they were, it was called a honeymoon. Like what a cow says, honeymoon. That's a different kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, so, and I think that this scene really shows that, like, I think Sue Ellen really, like, idealized Bobby and Pam's marriage as being, like, this is the thing. Gold like, standard. This is the gold standard. This is what I want. This is what we're supposed to do. And the fact that, like, now that has broken up, I think it's weirding her out. Right. For anyone out there that's uh, not slanting viewer, I know you two have not. Done the not slanting thing at not this yet. point in time, but it's she viewed it more as the Karen and Mac marriage of the sh- of the show, like Bobby and Pam. They're gonna always be together. It's it's like like Siegfried and Roy. It's just like Karen and Mac. The, the, that's it. And, and you also that's gotta been think shattered. about like the mind games that Sue Ellen's been through with Jr. Like because he, I feel like he sucked her in and like by love bombing her. Probably that's totally his thing. And every time she slips away, he love bombs her again. And she forgets why she was mad. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Because that's their circle. Bobby and Pam were consistent. And then this, you know, I like idyllic. And then this happens. And Swellen's like, yeah, in her eyes, in her eyes, because she didn't see the problem because literally Mm -hmm. like they would just not talk about anything. Right, they, but, they would bury it under the rug. Yeah, but was, she didn't know that. There were a lot of white elephants in the room back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but so delivering her his image biggest, of them went completely to hell. And delivering his biggest line in his entire career, John Ross says that he's hungry. <laughs> That's true. And so they give him some goddamn mac and cheese. Right. <laughs> Which to this day, Tyler Banks does not eat. Because he had so much of it then. Gluten issues. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Some weed weed allergy, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But they do have gluten-free mac and cheese now. So just shove grapes in the kid's mouth. Yeah. Okay. So then we cut to Catherine meeting Pornstash at the Racquetball Club. 
Except I bet he smells ripe. Dude, so he's Take still a shower first. playing when she gets there. Like, is she early or is he just not paying attention to the time? My guess is the latter. So sweaty. He's Ugh. dripping. And he just waltzes right out and is glistening like, hey, with sits yes. down. Glistening. And how she didn't turn up her nose, like... You need a shower, bruh. If, right, if, he, right. if he were a cartoon character, it would have been Pepe Le Pew with the little cloud of skunk Ugh, juice. All yeah, around. just... But I feel like they're trying to play it off as like, ooh, it's hot and manly or something. I'm like, mm, well, no, maybe he's... I'm maybe good. he just wasn't one of those guys that stunk when he sweat. As rare as that is. Well, from what I heard <laughs> is that's a pheromone thing. So if that's someone that you are going to be attracted to... If they stink, like you, you think they stink, then uh, like it's basically like you're not like attracted to them at that level. Wow. Which I yeah, there's like a some scientific experiment I saw in some documentary where like um, they had women smell like sweaty men's clothes <laughs> and they smell actually, my pit. No. <laughs> it's basically like the ones that they'd be more attracted to. And in fact, like if it was a relative, the more like closely related they were to them, the worse it smelled to them, which is super interesting. I was like, do pheromones like do they ha- is it like a level? Do they have to be like a, both partners have to have the, like about the same for that level of attraction? I mean, I bet pheromones do work both ways. Yeah, I don't know. I was wondered about that because. I don't know. I didn't know much about it. I know about, you know, that pheromone, like, roll on, Mm. like, attractant and stuff. I've seen that stuff, but it's like, wait, how does that work? I put some on once, and I was chased by a wild pack of cats down the street. You put the wrong pheromone stuff on, then. That's the wrong pussy to be attracting, Josh. I'm just saying. Well, there were. I, I have bought pheromone diffusers for the cats to try to calm them down, but oh, it's yeah, got to yeah. be totally yeah. different on humans. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, yes, yeah, so he's super sweaty. And so Catherine yep. starts off being her, like, what she usually does, where she's just kind of, like, coy, like, I don't know if I should actually be saying this. And he just calls her out immediately. And he's just like, okay, then bye. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. <sighs> Let's just say that. He's kind of like really... no bullshit. He is, and and you know, I have my issues with porn stash, but like, I do like his no bullshit thing. Yeah, definitely. And she, she really appreciates all that he's done for Cliff and for Pam. He's like, you know what? I don't really know that I should be doing anything with Pam anymore because like it's just not going great and she's like what do you mean well I don't want to get in the way of her and Bobby's I don't want to be the reason he's finding it hard to just be friends with her and he's like basically all I'm getting is friends vibes and like which is also well I'll be there for you I'll be there for you it, it really hasn't been that long that Pam and Bobby have been separated either yeah, it has not been that long at all. And he's just basically like, well, if she's not going to fuck me, then I am going to just have to peace out. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Catherine, do you want to screw? I'm, I'm looking for somebody. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Actually, I mean, he does do a little um, 
So she tells him to keep helping Pam, basically. And then he's like, all right, well, let's go eat lunch, but I'm going to go take a shower first. And then he does. You want to like join me in the shower, Catherine? He does a little wink to her as he gets up to leave. And I was just like, God damn, what a fuck boy. Mm-hmm. He's thinking oh, with his Johnson. Boy. He's thinking with his Johnson. Yes. His rope God nope, his danger noodle. Uh, I, I feel like I am... Hornstash is one of those things that is, uh, I've changed my mind about from the last time I watched this, which was when I was in early college, um, till now, I always really liked Pornstash. But and now, now you're looking at him more critically because we're talking about Now I'm seeing him with adult woman eyes and I'm like, God damn. <laughs> you're, you're a little inappropriate, aren't you? Right. And like, Darcy's he's a manipulator and a fuckboy. Stick mm-hmm. your one-eyed trouser snake back in your pants and zip it. Yeah. But as he leaves, Catherine gets those evil eyes again. She does. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put them together because I want mm. Bobby. <laughs> He's got so plans. Then, then we Madison's cut to 1230. <laughs> Madison's 1230. Yes. Hmm. And Holly's like, all right. So why do I need to break my lunch date? What's going on? And JR's tell me like, what, tell me what you want right now. Really good deal, but this and that and all these conditions. And she's like, yeah, right. no, nah, I don't think so. And he's like, um, you have no choice, basically. Basically, I need we we're gonna ship uh, one million barrels to Puerto Rico at thirty four dollars a barrel, not the forty that he's talking about later, and um, or earlier, and. 500,000 is going to come from me, but I'm going to move it through Petro State. We're going to sign this paperwork because I need to keep my reputation out of this because I just shut down gas stations. What is it, how's it going to look if I'm shipping oil out of the country if I shut down these gas stations? And you'll provide the other 500,000, and it's going to be a hell of a profit for both of us, isn't it? It's going to be wonderful. And Holly is not an idiot, and she's just seeing red flags everywhere, and she's like, ah, I don't she's know. She's still right to question him. So right. And good for her. So, because she calls Bobby in the next scene. She just, oh, I happen to have the number for South Fork. I'm just going to call them up. I looked them up in the phone book, and uh, there they are listed. uh, South Fork, Ewing. What if JR had answered the damn phone? Wrong number. Click. But we did see JR and Sue Ellen drive out of the ranch at the opening of that scene. So Bobby has quite the dramatic pause here, I thought, when she called him. And was like, well, oh. he's like, he's like, what's going on? And she said, well, you told me to call you if Jr. moved any more oil out of the country. And he was like, it like clicks for him. But I noticed that like pause was a little bit longer than normal. <laughs> well, I think there's a little at this point, I'm sensing a little sexual tension between Bobby and Holly. That's not as yes. one sided as it was at the beginning. Yeah. Sexual True. healing. Mm-hmm. But well, he's Marvin also Gay. like, it's kind of like he's getting the whole like sexual attention but at the same time oh fuck what has jr done now like kind of intertwined right right, right. yes definitely uh, he just went dumb uh-huh. Uh-huh. all right yes. meet me at, meet me at your office tomorrow at 8 a.m boom and we got to pam's hotel where porn stash shows up with a ginormous is it like a santa mouse i thought some it's, type of bear I it was a bear there. with like a you know those little like nightcap and a, okay. a literal nightcap and and like oh, it's a little bear? shirt. Okay, like, I thought it was like a sleepy yeah, time tea like, bear, like like the sleepy time tea bear. Oh, sleepy time tea bear. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. 
But Sleepy Time T-Bear wants to have a sleepover at Christopher's house. And Pam's like, yeah, we're not having a sleepover. Sorry. The bear can sleep with Chris. Hey, but Pam, the bear can sleep with Christopher and I can sleep with you. Because mm-hmm. I got this thing. I got this thing hanging down here and it needs some, some loving. Hanging down there, yeah. Uh, um, Pam's no. like, no to the sleepover, but uh, the new best friend is allowed to stay. Right. But porn stash. Fuck is with these men and their giant toys anyway. I don't get it. I mean, remember. There's so many, cl- like, those kids have so many, bear. like, ginormous, big stuffed animals. And that big, big car that Chris, uh, John Ross was driving around the Southern Cross. Though I do have to say that as a kid, I was jealous of all of them because I did not have any of these and I really wanted one. So I just had, I just had a big wheel. I didn't have a one of those fancy motorized little cars that you drive around. I had to pedal. I had to do the work. Those are power wheels. I didn't learn to ride a bike until I was eight because we lived on a busy street. I so. believe I was also eight when I learned to ride a bike because I just couldn't get the hang of it. But, you know, coordination, honestly, has never been my thing. So, you know. Hashtag ADHD. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, but room service arrives. And it's busy at her place that night, huh? It, it really is. And poor Sash seems, like, disgusted by the fact that she would eat, like, room service in her fancy-ass hotel. It's like, oh, can we eat this for dinner? Like, what are you doing? I'm sorry, could they have used a better exterior to make a fancy hotel than a Reese stock footage that looks like April's apartment? I, I mean, it does not look like a fancy hotel from the outside. It, it looks like an apartment it building. It like a condo. Right. It is. It does seem. I wonder if it's one of those, like. Like a resort? A like condo a long resort. stay place. You know? No, yeah. but she was going to the Fairview Hotel, remember? I mean, right, it's a hotel, but I I, so, I bet it's like a long stay place. Like, what do they call those? Like Candlewick or whatever? It, there's like a whole chain. I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those. Or it's just a really expensive, fancy-ass hotel that only has a few places and it's basically a kendo. I don't know. I don't know. The Fairview Hotel. Pam's bougie now is all I know. So she's staying in a fancy-ass place. With a goddamn maid. With a goddamn Gosh. maid. Louise. Goddamn maid. Louise. Um, he convinces her to go to dinner with him. Right. And at first she's like, oh, no, no, no. The, I just, I don't think that'd be right. That's and not he's appropriate. Like, well, oh, not appropriate. Right. And she, and he's like, oh, you're afraid to be seen with me? And she's like, no, 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 that's not it. But, oh. And he's like, well, I will take you to a place that no one will know you. And it's because they have really terrible food. Oh, it's McDonald's? And she, and then she's like charmed, and she's like, "Okay, sure, let's go. It'd be really fun." <laughs> Hi, Pam. Porn stash. And then we got to Bobby, and telling Holly, like, "Look, this looks like a really good deal on paper." But but with JR, I don't know because it's coming from Jr. Ewing. No, right. just it's tell Jr. Mm. Just tell him no. Because she's like, my gut is telling me something's wrong. And he's like, yeah, you should go with that because it's JR. So something is wrong here because it looks too good to be true. So it is. Don't do it. Tell him no. As Nancy Reagan said, just say no. Right. That, that was a thing in the 80s. Just say no. It was. Just say no. Just about she, this time. When she, when she appeared on Different Strokes in that special uh-huh. episode. One of the biggest failure things ever was a Just Say No campaign. <laughs> just say no makes you want to just say yes. 
But I mean, when you have Nancy Reagan and Drew Barrymore, who's, you know, like nine and high in cocaine telling you to just say no, you know, come on. She had a crazy life. Yeah, well, well, look who one of her uh, ancestor relatives was, the guy who played Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life, Lionel Barrymore. There is a huge uh, substance abuse, like, issues in her family going back. So she had no chance. I I would have been on drugs, too, if my grandfather was was Mr. Potter, who's, who's tried to screw over George Bailey, of all people. Right? Don't screw over George Bailey. Who was married to Miss Ellie number two. Ties back to Dallas again, Donna Reed. She played Mary and Mary Bailey. Oh, I thought you meant in real life they were married. I was like, no, what? no, 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 no. Okay. I thought you were telling me something I didn't know. No. Because he, Jimmy Stewart, like the home cooking soup back in the 80s in those commercials. And I don't know if it's that Barrymore or a different Barrymore, but there is, I have to look this up. Maybe next week I can have the full story, but there is a Barrymore that died. And then another actor friend thought it would be really funny to, like, scare their mutual friend. So stole Barrymore's body from the mortuary and snuck him into the house of their mutual friend. This sounds like an episode of Picket Fences. And or Eerie, like, Indiana, literally the dead body of, I think it's Lionel Barrymore, but I, I, I could be wrong. I'm going to look it up and I'll have it. Well, I guess not next week because we're taking a hiatus. So... I'll next try year. to remember for next time. I'll look it up. But remember. I found the story. This was John Barrymore, not Lionel. Okay. It was Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn borrowed, borrowed John uh-huh. Barrymore's body. Yep. <laughs> My God. He died May 29th, 1942. So this was like... June? What, early June? Yeah. Yeah, if that. Before so, the rot set in, right? Yeah, well, they buried him on June 2nd. Okay, so, so this is got, like the June first, probably. If that, yeah. So all embalmed, you know. Yeah. So they so, didn't dig him up or anything and open the. Uh, no, no, no. I think he no. brought from from the funeral home. Oh, okay, no. okay. So Raoul Walsh took John Barrymore's body, propped him up in a chair at Errol Flynn's <laughs> house to to wait for him because he knew he would come home drunk. <laughs> can you I imagine? Mean, can you imagine? Well, now, <laughs> fuck, now no. they can. Now they can prop people up at their own funerals to make Oh, I know, yeah. Extreme embalming. I know, that's totally a thing. So so a friend of John Barrymore's claimed that he stayed with the body all night and denied the story, but um, Drew Mm. got on YouTube. Drew said it was true. Drew said it was true. (laughs) How would she know? She wasn't there. No. Um, She wasn't there, but it's her family, so I'm sure like there's info. Evidence, yes. Oh my gosh, where the heck were we in the episode? I don't know, fuck. <laughs> Holly was talking to JR about Bobby's deal and um, yes. just say no because we go into Nancy Reagan. Right. Every time I hear the name Ralston, like Roy Ralston, I think of Ralston Purina dog food. I do too. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I should just call him Ralston Purina. We'll call him the I Ralston know. Purina man. Roy Ralston. That's a lot of R's. It's too many R's for me. Roy Ralston. Ugh. Um, yeah, so we're at South Fork. Uh, he, Roy Rolston calls. Uh, <laughs> so Ellen answers, and uh, he wants to set up a meeting with Jr. And I assume Jr. wasn't there. I don't understand. No. But then he's totally there later, so I don't understand why she didn't just be like give the phone to Jr. Well, Jr. was no Jr. was 
in the process of getting ready to leave, so maybe not to interrupt him as he was getting ready to get out the door because he was in a hurry. Maybe. Well, I don't know. That's kind of like I think it was seeds planted. I him. Well, kind of like seeds planted in the in the plot line to like mm-hmm. give Sue Ellen like, ooh, I have an idea. I have purpose. Like we could do this together. Right, right, right. Like I'll be his like press secretary. Yeah, and in turn, she t- she hangs up the phone. Tells Jr. who called and what's up, and she's like, "What are you talking about running for office?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's true." And she said, "Well, why don't you let me help with the details?" And he's kind of like, "You'd really like working alongside of me, wouldn't you?" And I'm like, "Okay, Jr. Again, you are a giant dumbass. Such a dumbass. This woman would move mountains for you. You fucking yeah. idiot." And that's the problem, and that's what he can't handle. God. <sighs> They would make um, a great power couple again. Yeah. Um, so she says she's going to call him back and like she'll handle it. And JR's like, okay, well, just don't go making any commitments uh, for me because, you know, now when I make commitments, I don't want to have to ever go back on my word. Okay. I roll JR. Yeah. I roll. And, and I have to correct something because JR and Sue Ellen leave South Fork later in the episode. And so when Holly called South Fork, um, there was no reference to Jr. either being home or not home, so he could have answered the phone. Right. I, I mean, I think it's yeah. Unless maybe Bobby had was that a thing where you could like have a separate line that would call a phone and it would I don't know. Did he That's have his own line? They must have had separate lines because he might I might have had his own line in there. Yeah. Well, Jr. had a phone in his car, so I know point. we should see later in the episode because yeah. that's so fancy. So, yeah, maybe, like, in their bedrooms, they have their own lines. And, like, so Bobby gave Holly his bedroom phone number. Ooh. Some, yeah, when somebody calls that, it lights up that line on the phone. Yep. Yeah. But then you got mm. people like Lucy who just, like, answer the phone when somebody's calling for Sue Ellen, taking yeah. a message. Right. <laughs> so, it's just, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So then we got to Ewing Oil. Bobby calls Eugene Bullock. Mr. Eugene. Mr. Eugene. And he wants him to track down the rumor of JR's deal. Like, he's like, is this something you've heard about? And Mr. Eugene's like, a million barrels. I've definitely not heard about that, but I'm going to... Million barrels. I'm going to keep my ear to the ground. I love the way EJ Andre delivers his lines. Oh, yeah. He's, He's... He's the he's personification great. of class. Yeah, he's just a cool guy. And the way he dresses with those the, the outfits. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's like an elder statesman. Yes, definitely. I am buzzing. Whoa, jeez. Mm-hmm. I've had half this bottle already well, tonight. Fun. Fun. <laughs> and it's it is how let's see. Oh, I'm getting a little tipsy here. Twenty percent alcohol, forty proof. Well, uh, let's hope we can make it through the rest Damn, of the episode. Josh, you may be a little hungover tomorrow. <laughs> Drink water before bed. Okay, so Clayton and Ellie are looking at houses with uh, Mrs. Finch from Finch, Finch Realty. And he does not like the house that she is showing him because he's like, this is just like too close to other people. And she's like, with all due respect, Mr. Farlow, You're in we the are city. an acre away <laughs> From any other house. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just much too close. 
She's like, well, you know, you're kind of sort of close to Dallas. Yeah, he's like, I want to be close to Dallas, but I want, like, a shit ton of land. And she's like, yeah, those don't really, like... Sounds like you want the Southern Cross, dude. Anymore. Or South Fork. And he's basically like, actually, like, what I want is South Fork. And Ellie's like, ah, that's cool, but you know what? It's not for sale. So, sorry. Not gonna... Not gonna... Wouldn't be burned. So then Phyllis at Ewing Oil, Phyllis brings Bobby the telephone and cable records, which he had asked for in a previous scene. And he's just like, yeah, I just have to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. And then she tells him that she overheard a call that Sly was on when Walt Driscoll was calling Jr. And he's like, I'm sorry, Walt Driscoll? And she's like, yeah. And the then guy, like, the guy from the OLM. Yeah. So the two of them start like acting like they're in the Scooby gang and start figuring out the mystery together. Does that make him Fred or Shaggy? And she is Thelma or Daphne? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, she's, I feel like. And they she's were Thelma. all. I feel like she's Velma. They, all the Scooby-Doo characters were. Represented one of the five colleges in the Pioneer Valley. I heard that rumor. I wasn't sure if that's actually true, though. Is it? Shaggy is UMass. Okay. No, is Scooby UMass and Shaggy is Hampshire? This was like an early internet rumor that I remember seeing. Right. Fred is Amherst College and Daphne and uh, Thelma are uh, Mount Holyoke and Smith College. And the castle in the opening of Scooby-Doo is actually the house from dark shadows just animated really? which i didn't know until a couple of years ago and i love both dark shadows and scooby-doo so mm. yeah anyway jr has parked himself in holly's living room she's trying to get dressed to go out and she's like jr like you literally have to leave because i'm getting ready to go out and i'm gonna do stuff and you can't just sit there and he's like but you have to sign this paperwork before i go or else Hell i'm not no. leaving Hell no, I'm not signing that shit. Yeah, she's like, uh, and oh, no. Uh, and then, okay. Okay. Yes, he, just, girl, uh, rule number one, do not set up your office in the sitting room. Wait, what the, why did she even let him in the house? Um, so, so he says oil business runs on a schedule it doesn't have time for dippy ladies to make up their minds. Wow. Let me bring out the holiday bell here. Uh, he needs to go sit down and shut the fuck up. Yeah. He, isn't he sitting He's down, a, though? He, he is sitting a, down. He needs to sit down more because that's bullshit. And she's just like, no, I don't trust you or this deal. <laughs> And then he's like, I don't care if you trust me or not. Here's the reason you're going to sign it. And then he shows her one of the, I guess it was a blank authorization record that she signed. I'm like, Holly, you signed a blank authorization. Like, why did you do that? Oh, God. Well, pardon my language. He's like, guess what, bitch? The uh, Petro State controls the distribution for hardwood oil. I'm Petro State. So guess what? You're going to sign this. Period finish. Bop, bop, bop. Nope, nope. 
sign the paper now. Right. And, uh, uh, he said, yeah, he's like, I'm going to lock up all of your, I'm in charge of distribution. I'm going to lock up all your shit. You're never going to make money. And she calls him a despicable human being. And he is like, yeah, maybe, but I'm also in a hurry. So sign it. I'm also in a hurry. Cause I got it. I got it. Oh, look, let's let's do it for the holiday people out there. Yeah, I gotta get this crap to Cuba right away. So right. give me. And then we cut to Ewing Oil, and Bobby waits <laughs> until the secretaries leave. This is where it turns into a game of one-upsmanship. Right. Definitely. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he and they're like, uh, are you leaving? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just finishing some stuff up. You guys go. Like, bye, bye, bye. And they leave. And then he ransacks through Sly's desk. What I'm finishing up is your desk and your phone records. Right, Bobby. God. All right. So he finds a little like book in the back of her bottom drawer and he opens it up and he finds Walt Driscoll's name and number on there. And um, he calls it, and it's the number of the hotel or the motel he's staying at. I don't want to say hotel, motel he's staying at. The Notel Motel. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so then we cut to Holiday in I, Scotland Yard Disco, which had such an amazing sign that I was like, that place has to be real. And I looked it up. And it is totally, it was totally real. It was a big That's disco so cool. place in Dallas. It was on 3039 West Northwest Highway in Dallas, Texas. I looked it up today. It is a thrift giant store. <laughs> That's a shame. I know. I know. But Lucy and Mickey are dancing their little disco butts off at They're the dancing uh, their little disco Disco butts off at the Scotland Yard Cowboy Hall. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Urban in, Cowboy. In, in 1983, when Disco had... In 19, uh, which, like, Disco was so dying at that point. Like, disco oh my God. sucked long before that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They mm. burned all those records in Comiskey Park back in 79, 80, around there. I don't know. So, Mickey is super drunk. And Lucy is like, super... Like like me right now. She's, she's buzzy and she's tired. She's like, she's been dancing her butt off. So she's like, I have to sit down. She's giggly. Um, yeah, she's very giggly. Um, and she kind of like jokes about him being a jerk, you know, because that's like their thing. But right. he gets really serious about it. And he's like, what is it about me that like tease people off? And then he tells her about his basically about his chat with Donna. And, uh, and how much it bothers him. Lucy's just like, well, if that's what she thinks, then you're just like, you're just have to prove her wrong. You know, I think he's we're seeing some growth on his part from uh, the totally. gas from the gas station to now. Definitely. Yeah, because he's trying to court a woman and uh -huh. he's growing and his snotty attitude wasn't working before. So he has to grow. As a he human really being. likes Lucy. He really does. Her vulnerability. Because he yeah. sees his he vulnerability. Because right? vulnerable. it's real. You know? And that's what he wants. Mm -hmm. She's not just some spoiled, rich, snotty, silver spoon in the mouth thing. Like, 
you know, other rich people are. Which he assumed at first she was. She has layers and substance and issues that have are underneath the layers and she's a textured human being. Ooh, I like that textured. This is the brunch in a jar talking. (laughs) Brunch in a jar, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, so JR leaves for work and the room room is a little fuzzy. No um Bobby's getting dressed when Mr. Eugene calls to tell him that he's got all the tea. Not the tea that we just threw into Boston Harbor 250 years ago this past Saturday, but the tea in Texas. Okay. Right. Texas tea. Black crew. So he calls them, gives them a heads up, and Bobby's like, oh, shit. So who's the first person he calls? Ray. He says, Ray, we've got a problem. I need you here now. I love when they team up like this. Right. And Ray's like, and the- what? And he's, does he, he's like, all right, I'm there. Mm-hmm. No questions well, asked. Well, it was actually JR and Sue Ellen. That's when the, the scene I thought they were leaving for their meeting with Roy Ralston when they pulled out of the ranch. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about her, that. They're at Roy Ralston's office. Huh. Yeah. I didn't even. Where Sue Ellen wants to, she's concerned about her past with the alcohol. Yes. Uh, Yeah, she is concerned about her past and it hurting his chances at winning a seat in the office. And Roy's like, you know what? I feel like we could spin this. Just put it in a little spin thing and we're going to spin it. Capitalize on your image, but this would require JR not being a dumbass. Right. That's true. And but and then Sue Ellen's like, yeah, but I also like I feel weird about like people knowing my business and like knowing that I had a problem with alcohol and that I was living with another man. And and then they're like, uh, yeah. And then she's like, but I'll do it. I'll do it for JR. But, you know, she would move mountains for him. Of course. He is a dumbass. He needs the power wife with him. He's going down two tracks here because on one side, he's illegally shipping oil to Cuba, intent on winning you in oil. But here he's exploring the political thing. Is he exploring it because he needs a fail safe in case he yeah, loses the definitely. Yes. He he he's not completely secure in his position. So he has a backup just in case, because it's JR and he needs to have like if he didn't have any power. He's going to be like he was after Jock died. Right. So. And Bobby's not going to be there to shove him in front of the mirror and say, do this for your son. Right. No. Yeah. And then we cut to Bobby and Ray on a stakeout. Oh, my God. They go rogue. I love this. I no, love this, minute, like, stealth shit. Can I? <laughs> can I? When they talked in the morning, it was morning or so when they were. Jared Swan had left. And now they're on the stage. It's night already. It it is. But it's March, so maybe this the sun is setting early. Because we had not because we did not switch to March uh on the daylight savings time at that point. Right. It was still April. Right. Right. Not yes. April Stevens. Not April Stevens. Correct. Um and so they're like on stakeout waiting for outside the motel for Walt Driscoll to leave. 
and they you can tell they've been there like a hot they've been there for a while and um bobby looks super impatient and cold he's like in his jacket um and then ray asks if he he's like are you sure he's actually here and then bobby's so testy he's like yeah i told you i checked it out like settle down beavis jesus <laughs> shut up beavis, oh, shut up. <laughs> beavis. <laughs> Beavis and Butt Bunch, and then and then on cue, Walt finally comes out of the room, and they're because like, "Oh, that's how, a, oh no, no, no. Because that's how we do it in these shows, right? Um, and then okay, so he leaves. They go up to his room and try to open the door because they're just gonna assume that it's unlocked. Like, who? This is a little house on the goddamn prairie. Right. Who leaves their motel room unlocked? Jesus Christ. And it's locked. I'm like, oh, man, foiled. It's locked. And then Ray <laughs> just goes to the maid and he's like, oh, I locked myself out. And she's just like, for like one second, she's like, mm. and he's like, I promise I won't do it again. And she's like, okay. And then she totally, without any ID, without proving, asking who the room is under, anything, just fucking unlocks the door. What yeah. is this world? Is, is this the eighties? If, if she didn't, it wouldn't help the plot line. <laughs> I know, but still, true. like what? I don't. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, but and then here comes Bobby, whoop, like in in the door. You barely see him. And he's searching. He's like, searching. He's for? searching the, through his clothes in the closet. Walt's clothes and Ray's. Ray's pulling up this the the briefcase from under with the the false bottom. And, yes. But but Bobby also pulls out the passport. Says uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. But yeah, he false, pulls out the real passport. Bobby finds the, false, the real passport. In the false bottom, they find the Cuba passport. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What originating it's a, it's a, a British passport. A Britain a fake British passport and a false bottom of this uh briefcase that has a bunch of camera shit in it. And then it dawns on Bobby that he gave JR the idea because he accused him of selling to an embargoed country. Dun 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 It was you the whole time, Bobby. You and JR are gonna have some nice padded jail cells together. And you can see them like, and they now are the Scooby Gang, like figuring out the entire plan right there, like, and then this, and then this. Hey, oh, Scooby, where are you? Rover here. And what does Bobby say? Oh my God, I gave him the idea. Right. Shit. The call's coming <laughs> from inside the house, Bobby. And this is where this, most of the rest of the episode is just the back and forth between them going. It is. Uh, so Bobby's like, we have to stop him before the government finds out. Because it'll be the end of Ewing Oil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bobby's all the like. Go- the, the government's <laughs> never so going to shut down Ewing Oil, please. The government can Man. never shut Just down. It's like telenovela-type gasp, you know? <laughs> well, then we cut to cocktails. We cut to the bar. Literally, it pans over very slowly. Cock. Cocktails. <laughs> Linger on the it's word cock. Sign. Lingering yeah. on the cock and then tails. And then this time JR's waiting for a Walt. If you want if you got some tail, I got some cock. Okay. Oh. Well, look Ooh. what you did. Yeah. 
So JR's this time is waiting for Walt to get there and he looks more con- like not as uncomfortable this time and he's actually drinking like a bourbon there. So um J- JR's just- all antsy because Walt Walt's five minutes late. Five minutes late. How dare you, Walt? JR was parking the car. I don't care, you were you're five minutes late. <laughs> I had to pay the meter, JR. Jesus. Uh and so he's like, It's cool, the tangers left on time, it's all on schedule. It's awesome. Next morning. We have the wonderful comedic overtones of Lucy at the table. Yeah, because it's all like quiet and awkward and like everyone's on edge because like everyone kind of knows what's happening except for Ellie and Lucy, basically. And Sue Ellen doesn't know what's going on. I mean, Sue Ellen doesn't know, but Sue Ellen does pay attention to JR's mood. So she's, however, JR's feeling, Sue Ellen's feeling. But he snaps at Lucy and she's kind of like, JR, stop. Yeah, because she's just like, what is up? What, and What's he's your like, problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to mind her own beeswax. And Lucy's right. just like, she's not, she's dealing with it a lot better than she used to. That's true. She used to just barb back at him, and she, now she's like, wow, who pissed in your Cheerios? Right. I mean, <laughs> you can only deal with it for so long, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that plastic surgeon husband, ex-husband of hers should have uh, given her a new face with that one without a mouth. <laughs> oh. So then Ray comes in and asks Bobby if he can talk outside. So they go out there. Talking is really showing him the duplicate briefcase. Yes, it is the same make and model as Walter School's briefcase with the camera parts in the false bottom. And Bobby's like, does it have the same combination? And he's like, yes, of course it does. Good. So then Bobby goes to get stuff for the case. Uh, the guy says 30 minutes. Bobby says, can you make it 20? Okay. J- done and done. JR is leaving Walt South Fork. He calls Walt on the phone. And his fancy car phone. Yes. He's going to stop at the bank and then he'll meet him at the bar. The dive bar, as I said on my sheet. The dive yeah, bar. The dive bar. Cocktails. Okay, so then JR meets Driscoll at the cocktails dive bar and gives slips him the money. And then Walt immediately like starts counting money. He's like, Are you really gonna count the money here? But right before that, mm-hmm. it's already the thing. So now the guy goes to get the equipment. All the yes, matching. To match it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is not gonna be cheap because camera equipment is not cheap. They don't care their ewings. And then we break up this whole back and forth with a scene. Where Cliff shows up at Pam's to tell her and Catherine about the deal with Mark Pornstash. He is in such a good mood, Cliff. He's like rejuvenated. He's renewed. And why? Because he's met with Pornstash. And you know what? I feel like Cliff has fallen in love with Pornstash. So bur- much like he's just what? like I love him. He's amazing, Pam. Like we're gonna do business together. We do all these things together. It's Pam, gonna be I, awesome. File those divorce papers. Let's just move in with porn. Yeah, this guy's great. I'm having a and, bromance with him because if you don't marry him, I will. And gay weddings yeah. are not allowed at this point. But I'll make it. It is happen. my new ship. I'm shipping them, and my couple name for them for Cliff and Mark is Miff is Clark. 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 Like Brangelina. Uh, it's Clark. <laughs> and guess where he wants to take them for food? Uh, Chinese. Chinese drink. 
Oh, yeah. Let's have some more of this brunch in a jar if I can stand mm-hmm. up straight. You don't need to stand up. Just keep sitting. Um, and then they're like, Cliff, you're paying. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And he's in such a good mood that he doesn't even balk at the fact that he's going to have to pay for dinner for three people, which is <laughs> not very Cliff. Back to the game of cat and mouse. Yes. Back to the chase. Uh, Ray is watching at the motel while Bobby calls him from a payphone and says to call Ted, whoever Ted right, is. Call Ted. Mm. Ted. Ted talks. Ted. Ted talks. Ted talks a little bit the next episode, not this one though. Um, and then Bobby gets up to leave the office and says goodbye to Candle, and Jr. comes off the elevator. Yeah, he's just like so. And Bobby's also in a shitty mood again. He's still in a shitty mood because he like. Go like Phyllis is trying to talk to him, and then he's just like he cuts her off. He's like, "I'm leaving," and she's like, "Okay." Like you just see her kind of like look like, "All right, Jesus." Okay. And then he's like impatiently waiting for the elevator, and then when it opens, and I feel like the question I had several episodes ago about if this was like an automated thing that they had on set, or if it was just two people pulling it open and closed, was answered because it was pulled open at a really weird pace this episode. I'm like, that's not real. Almost like a barn door that kind of gets stuck on its yes. track. <laughs> yes. It was totally not great. Um, I bet that's what it was. I bet I'm they sure built, it was. I bet they built barn doors in it's the just like people, Yeah, just pulling it on either side. So then it opens and JR gets off and JR is in, in a fantastic mood as opposed to Bobby. And he's like, today is going to be a red letter day for my half of the company. And Bobby's like, yeah, you know what? I bet it will be a day to remember. You bastard. I mean, basically, you know. You bastard. You bastard. <laughs> and then freeze frame. And scene. Scene. Freeze frame. And it's a freeze frame of two people. JR and Bobby, which isn't an anomaly. It was usually one person. Drink three times. That's what I said. Drink three times. This is the first time we've had to do that. Crazy. Mm. This bottle was at at like here at the beginning, and it's now down Uh to about here. (laughs) Damn, dude. You're doing your part this holiday season. Okay, so I'm going to give this 4.1 bourbons. Which is one more than point one more than last week, because uh, I think it's we're, we're getting there. I think there's a lot of like action getting to where we're going, um, uh, but it's it's good episode. Um, I'm gonna give it that and a pair of uh, circus tent culottes. Like you said, it is building, so I went from a four two five to a four three five. And I am giving it a duplicate briefcase. Mm. And that is my last give out of the year of 2023. Oh, 2023. Good and night. it will be the end of our, coming to the end of our hashtag Dallas 45. That's true. And we will this be is moving the end. Into, we'll be moving into Ewing BBQ 5. True. Come January. Mm. I'm okay. drunk. Gonna give it. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, I love it. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> Should I bring this? Should I bring this to California with us? Sure. So Melanie, what's mm. your thing? Bring it home for the year. <sighs> um, I'm going to go halfway, about four point two five, and split the difference. 
I'm going to give Mark Grayson, porn stash, a pack of dude wipes because at least have a shower in a, in a cloth. Right. Like right. something at, at least wipe them, wipe yourself down. I was going to say wipe, them down. <laughs> wipe your balls down. <laughs> Right. Like, excuse yourself for five minutes, you know, God. and just... You're not going to hit the showers. Wipe, wipe the jingle ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude wipes. Use them. Yeah. Dude wipes. It's a thing. Yeah. Dude wipes is a thing. It is. Anyway, so this is our last episode for 2023. We're taking a hopefully short hiatus for the holidays so we can spend time with our families and friends. You have friends? Yeah, a couple somewhere. Mm. Yeah. One or We've two. enjoyed celebrating Dallas 45 with you this year. We thank all yeah, of the cast been, all of the yes. cast members that have joined us. Um, yeah, and other fans other, and other people that have yep. Social media people. I mean, it's been um, great. Thank you guys for the continued support through Patreon. Yes. Um for the little gifty gifts we've gotten on occasion. Oh my god. Yes, that's so cool. You know, that's above and beyond. Yeah, definitely. Very much appreciated. Uh, yeah. Um, and just know that we super appreciate every single person who listens to this because like literally like I know that I started this because I just wanted to talk about Dallas with other people who would appreciate it. And no one in my actual life will talk to me about it, which has been the story since I was seven years old. So... Um, thank you to all of you who will. And speaking of will, let's just give a little hello to our friend over there in the UK that was originally going to join us on this podcast. Will. will. Yeah. God damn it. Will. He would have been so good on this podcast. And I'm, I'm but then there would have been five of us. So will stepping aside brought us Melanie. That's true. Will so. stepping side did bring us Melanie, and I guess that's just the way it's meant to be. Is it a yes. good thing or a bad thing? Am I a good <laughs> witch or a bad witch? Uh, you're a great witch. Is, <laughs> is this an open bar? I have to ask. Oh my oh, God. Our, our very back. first meeting. <laughs> Fifth, 15 years. That's right. Damn, guys. You old. Not me. <laughs> awesome. So when we come back in 2024, we are going to be doing season six, episode 22, episode 125 of the series, The Sting, which is getting very close to the end of the season. How many episodes? Hold on. How many episodes? 131 is the cliffhanger for this season. Okay, that's math. So 131, so that's six more episodes then, right? So we are six yeah, episodes sure. from the season finale. And Tyler Banks' final episode, I just want, in case he is listening, I, I still intend to have him join us at some point to chat. I mean... Yeah, that would be great. I, we will, we would welcome him. Welcome and him and his mother, Kathy. So, Kathy, yeah, if you're out there listening, cool. yeah. we would love to have you on because I know Kathy was an extra and she was on set all the time. Oh. And, uh, a little, tell us which scene she's in. A little known fact is that she was one of those at the awards shows. She was a seat filler when someone would get hmm. up to go to the bathroom. So she was at doing a lot of that too back in the day so uh at uh at different award shows back in the oh actual award shows yes oh i didn't know that they paid people to do that yeah 
Because oh. you don't want the camera to pan out of the audience and see empty seats if a star right. gets a toilet. I bathroom. guess I just would have so thought like people a- would want to go to that. That's weird. That that is good to know. Um. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, uh, we were just before we started recording, we were talking about how at the beginning of this podcast, we were asking people for their Dallas stories, like. You know, like how you got into Dallas or, you know, uh, how Dallas was important to you or I don't know, a big memory you have with Dallas, something like that. Did it have an impact on your life in a a way that is above and beyond anything? Did it did it save you from something? Did I know, for example, I learned how to tie a tie by watching Jr. teach John Ross how to tie a tie. Omri Katz said he learned how to tie a tie when Larry Hagman showed him how to tie a tie on the show. And I go, that is the exact same scene where I learned how to tie a tie. And that is also how I learned to tie a tie. See, stories like that and little things that we want to hear. Spoiler warning. The rest of this episode, just the last few minutes, are full of spoilers for the things that happen in the future seasons on Dallas. So if you don't want to know those... We will see you next year. Bye. For the rest of you, keep listening. I understood the importance of uh, legality and stuff and what dummy corporations actually were. Mm. Ah. I, I can cut. It's weird. I can. I know how to follow paper trails and kind of tell where people are like tra- moving assets around just from having listened to the way JR did business on Dallas. I know. <laughs> And I know if you're going to shoot somebody after the, you throw their significant other over a balcony, you got to have better aim. Better aim. And I have a huge memory forever of um, avoiding the reality that my father had just died by watching Dallas that night because it was on that night. The night he died? Yeah. It was Kelly and JR's wedding. And the tornado and the whole... Everyone's. I, miss, I love. I've the, actually. I've never seen the first half of it because I had to be with my family, and the second half of it, I was like, "I'm going to watch Dallas. I will be I, back." I love those episodes where they shove all these people in one place because of the oh, yeah, storm or the some calamity. Yes. Like when yeah. Jr. and Bobby were in the elevator together for <gasps> episodes. That's yeah. uh, yes. That is I, a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen Jr. and Sue Ellen in the elevator together. Oh, right. Because two people in an elevator together for like your barriers break down. You have to actually communicate. They honestly, they would have gone in there like separated and then they would have been fucking by the time that the doors opened. Oh, 100. Yeah. (laughs) It was like 15 minutes. Honestly, she would have been riding the pole. pole. Can you imagine them stuck in there for like three, four hours or more, though, before somebody got to them? I have I have memories of. JR throwing Sue Ellen's things over the balcony after the meeting where she was revealed by Kimberly Kreider as the partner to stop him at West Star. And I have memories of memories of Michelle Scarabelli as Connie Hall coming into Ray's room at the night and trying to slice him up. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Oh my God. So many and memories. I used to, I don't anymore, but I used to, when I was like in high school, I can remember like what I was wearing when I would watch like the episode where like Jenna was um, attacked by Naldo in the motel room. That's and- the first time I ever heard of chloroform. 
Clover, yeah, same, me. Because I was like eight or something. So, of course it was. And, and I remember my 14th birthday, my family and I, we went out to Bennigan's for dinner. And that was the night that Bobby came out of the shower for the season premiere. And we, I forced my family to rush home so I would be in front of the TV by 9 p.m. I didn't see the first 20 minutes of that episode for several years. Because so you were, I, your brain was really scrambled when you walked in. You were going, what the freaking hell is going on yes, here? I, okay, was, Why isn't Swellen in the hospital? Why isn't Jamie dead? And uh, I signed up to do something, and my parents were like, you have to do that and not watch Dallas. So I recorded it, and then my VCR didn't start recording on time. And I came home 20 minutes in, and I was like, oh, my God. Press record. So, so uh, until it re-aired, I, I never, I didn't see it. I didn't see I, Bobby break up with Jenna. So I was, I was uh, dragged, I was dragged on a family ski trip. And I remember that night at the hotel, I stayed in the room while everyone went to dinner. And it was the episode where Jr. and Tommy McKay met to conspire against Carter McKay. Weird. They had that scene where they pulled up next to each other in the cars. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Melanie's think Melanie's onto something here. What's up? Oh. Yeah. Um Oh, nothing special. Just Oh my god, I've had three quarters of this bottle. Oh my god. And I gotta put the lights on the Christmas tree. I'm gonna do that in the morning. Good job. Yeah, you might want to wait until the morning. Yeah, probably the morning. What's up, Melanie? So, oh, nothing. I just um, I was like, wait a minute, uh blast from the past. Aired May 16th, 1986. I was born June 10th. Whoa. <laughs> that um, was, funny don't, story. Don't like that fact. <laughs> Dislike. Unsubscribe. My mom said she went into labor on May 9th, though. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for joining us this year. 2023 was pretty good for me. It's I hope it was really good for you. Um, and hope 2024 is even better. We will see you next year. Until then, bye. Again, thanks for joining us for the 45th anniversary of Dallas. Can you believe it's been 45 years? 45 years. That's literally I want to thank um, crazy. Kathy Podwell, Morgan Brittany, Cherie Wilson, Michael Priest. Uh, Lee McCluskey, Lee McCluskey, Audrey Landers, and we are going to get that audio out there for you as a holiday treat, I believe. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to release that because we are not going to have uh, any episodes until 2023. I am going to release the audio as um, a little holiday special for you guys. So excellent! I want to thank our 80s life, uh, Alan Catton, Cattleman's Club. Um, Cattleman's Club, uh, David Goodspeed is his name, for coming yeah. on uh, this year as we talked yeah. about the 45th anniversary after their trip to Palm Springs, yes. trip to Salem, trip to Marriott 90s Con this year with me. Um, yes, that was super fun. Uh, we, Atlanta. We have a, and yeah, Chiller with Pris- uh, Priscilla Presley. I want to thank Priscilla. you, Priscilla. Yeah, there's just a lot happened in this anniversary year. happened this year so there was a strike two strikes and we we did get delayed in some of our cast interviews that we're going to bring back next year so we have a lot to look forward to in 2024 as we celebrate our fifth anniversary that's about what is it like 
39 years behind, 40 years behind Dallas. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe somebody will do a podcast on us. We are going to be a half decade old, which is insane. Yes, and we hope to celebrate with you all at the Hollywood Show in Burbank on March 1st and 2nd. And I'm rambling on because I've had too much of this uh, liqueur. So y'all some picklebacks. It'll be a time... And Josh Henderson, then, Josh Henderson, I want to do some more bourbon shots with you, Omri. I do some bourbon shots with you, Josh Henderson. Omri, bring some of that Merry Dangsters because we're going to party, brother. Okay? Yay! Y'all come back now. You hear? Happy New Year. Bye. See you in 2024. Bye. Melanie, it's your turn. Take us home. You know what? You guys can meet me at Madison's 1230. Oh! Oh! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Next on Dallas. I just finished the deal. That's gonna put you all right back in my pocket. The oil is also in Cuba. But the ship's offloaded last night. You're saying that the oil is in Cuba and I have not been paid? I'm not going to lie down for that, Garcia. I don't have anything to feel guilty about. Everybody around here seems to feel the need to cover up for you. JR, JR, I'll get back at you. If it's the last thing I ever do, I'll get back at you, I swear.